Hello everyone, I am Angel, and I'm here with Autumn. Okay, welcome to Panorama's podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course, would you like to introduce yourself to us? Yes, so my name's Autumn Moore. I'm a junior anthropology major here at Pitt, and I'm also a student ambassador for the Center of Latin American Studies. Okay, perfect, sounds good. And I've heard that you were on the seminar field trip this summer. Would you like to explain to us what that is? Yeah, so here at CLASS, or the Center for Latin American Studies, we offer a really unique study abroad opportunity. So that's called our seminar and field trip. So it's six weeks abroad, uh, during which you carry out your own individualized uh, field research project. So you get to come back and say that you had this wonderful cultural experience, but you also get uh, undergraduate international research, which is something super uh, valuable. Wow, that sounds really cool. And this past summer, you guys went to Manizales, Colombia, right? Yes. So after the whole pandemic and everything, we finally uh, were able to run the trip again, and we went to Colombia. Yeah, was it your first time sitting abroad? Tell us about it. How was it? Yeah, so it actually was my first time out of the country ever. (laughs) So I definitely dove into the deep end going to Colombia out of all the places in Latin America (laughs) and then spending six weeks there. Yeah. Uh, And it was also my first study abroad experience as well, and I wouldn't have traded it for the world. I think if you're going to do it, rip the Band-Aid off. Mm -hmm. Um, Living in a place for more than two weeks I think is really when you start to see uh, the actual culture of a place and you you start crossing the line from tourist to resident and I think that that's um, invaluable yeah I mean that sounds really excited it sounded like you guys were really able to almost become part of the culture there because of how long you stayed and because of the relationships that you guys made so going back a little bit to the seminar and field trip with class I know that you guys have to take a seminar a class right before you go in the spring semester and is that where you started your research process how did that work yeah so the the seminar class that you enroll in in the spring before the summer that you leave uh, has multiple functions so first you get to meet everyone else who's going to go on this trip with you Uh, then you're walked through step by step the research process so during this um, class you have little checkpoints basically where you generate ideas, you workshop certain project ideas, then you do steps of your proposal. So you work on methodology, you work on literature review and those types of things, and then you also learn about um, ethics, especially with um, projects that deal with humans. Uh, You really have to have that background and knowledge. And then there's a fun cultural part, which is basically just learning about the place you're going to go before you go there because you don't want to be completely ignorant to what you're going to be involved in. I I know that for us, for Colombia, we did spend a lot of time uh, learning about both the coffee industry because we were Mm -hmm. going to the Eje Cafetero and also about the Colombian elections because we were there for both rounds of the presidential election. So, I mean, if we didn't know what was going on, that could possibly uh, hinder us when we were there that sounds like it's a really good class and it's something that you know the center of latin american studies does really nicely i know you mentioned a little bit to me that your topic was about colombian coffee so how exactly did you come about that topic was it something that sparked you in the class or was it something that 
your major or something outside of your field helped you with? Yeah, so, I mean, I have to be completely honest with you. I applied to the seminar a week before the application closed. (laughs) I mean, I apply, and then a week later, I have to go in for an interview. (laughs) And honestly, I didn't come with any ideas. It kind of worked out perfectly because coffee in Colombia is such an interesting cultural construct. And with my cultural anthropology background, I'm super interested in identity and symbols mm-hmm. and symbolism. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm coming from a little bit of an econ perspective as well. And so, industry yeah. is so interesting to me. And especially with the Eje Cafetero, with Manizales, the industry is changing rapidly from coffee production to coffee tourism. And mm-hmm. so, The tourism aspect, honestly, it did come in like halfway through the seminar. So initially I was just doing the relationship between industry, uh, like economic fluctuations in the industry and how that impacted cultural identity. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard to define culture and to define identity and all of those things. So honestly, for the first month and a half of the seminar, I mean, I had a theme of -hmm. what I was going for, but nailing it down was so hard. Um, and so every so often you have one-on-one meetings in the seminar with one of the academic directors of your trip Mm. and it was actually Dolores Lima who is going to be the academic director for the next trip to Valladolid, Mexico Uh, she brought up this point of tourism to me because of some things she had read and she gave me a bunch of articles to look over and she said well maybe this is a starting point it's, it's a little more concrete right because mm-hmm. you have actual sources like at, um from tourism you yeah. have advertisements you have marketing those types of things that you can look at and say oh these are the images they're drawing on these are the themes they're using and then you can compare that with the ideas of the actual people so i really did just stumble on it i'm not ashamed to say (laughs) that I completely just like went off of a stereotype at the Mm -hmm. beginning to be honest and and I think that that's not it's not a bad thing I mean stereotypes exist yeah or like we all know about Colombian coffee for a reason right Mm -hmm. now has it been morphed and changed over time because of industry and and globalization and the global market for sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i won't say i even began to understand the cultural context of coffee when i was first writing about it but i'm really glad i chose it and everyone i ever approached about coffee wanted to talk to me about coffee so Mm -hmm. i was asking about their day-to-day cultural life but yeah so i completely stumbled on it (laughs) That sounds really interesting. I kind of like how you stumbled upon the topic. And like what you said about the stereotype, I think is pretty important because I guess it's something that we always associate with Colombia, especially if you don't have like a very good history, a very good understanding of what Colombia is, where Colombia is. Understanding that stereotype, I think kind of what your research can help with is understanding why we think about coffee so much when in relationship to Colombia. But also kind of what you said about the economics of it, the industry part of it. I wanted to ask how your perceptions changed when you were in the field, when you were talking to people, Mm -hmm. how much of it is everyone's day-to-day life, how much is it them just growing coffee in their farms maybe, or how much do they have to produce for a specific company like what is that relationship okay. like? so i could talk about this all the time <laughs> like for so long because yeah. it's so interesting in mm-hmm. colombia firstly 
the biggest takeaway I got from what I theorized or how I think of it is coffee exists in two modes almost. So there's that cultural everyday symbol of coffee where yeah. people catch up with friends, the one that they grew up drinking as a kid, the smell that is brewing at 4 p.m. in the streets when they're mm-hmm. roasting the coffee, those types of things. But it also has this other... I'm also from a linguistics background, so I kind of yeah. think of that as like a mode of communication. It has this... It, it's not that you're code switching because you're not switching languages, but you're kind of switching dimensions of meaning. They recognize the importance of it economically as well. And so mm-hmm. it's within the same symbol, but it's kind of a different mode of signifying. The things that happen in the industry can impact the culture, but it's so deeply ingrained in the day-to-day and in everybody's personal life that it's not like a one-to-one impact. It's like yeah. if the industry tanks, people aren't going to start hating coffee or not inviting their friends out. And that's something that I really had to come to terms with because you can theorize all day long when you're sitting in your classroom reading academic articles about coffee growing and coffee reform and global trends in the coffee market as well as symbolism. I was consuming all of this literature, which is super important. Through all this literature, in my head I thought the importance is derived from coffee as an economic symbol. Mm-hmm. So because the industry boomed in Manizales, in the Eje Cafetero, then coffee was always present. So then they created the cultural meaning from the coffee. It's not that linear. It's almost like a fork in the road. Mm-hmm. The way I think about it is the industry boomed. Because in Colombia you can plant literally anything and it will flourish. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. You're driving down the countryside or just driving down the roads and everywhere is being cultivated. It's such fertile land. And for coffee, it's wonderful. The altitude is perfect. The climate is perfect. And so you have this industry that booms, this agriculture industry and the coffee industry. And then you kind of get this split because Mm -hmm. people are making their life out of coffee. So like you said, people are farming. And what's super interesting about coffee is that it's small production farming. Mm -hmm still is small production farming. So in other areas of the world that grow different types of coffee. So now we're getting into the nitty gritty. (laughs) So Colombia does um, coffee Arabica. Mm -hmm. And then conversely, there's Robusta. So Robusta is more like large scale, they say lesser quality, but it's almost more mass production, I would say. Mm-hmm. And Arabica is the one that you have to grow a little more specialized. And normally the cultivation of Arabica is a little more meticulous, those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that the climate it needs is a little more temperamental. So it, there's a, a few more factors to it. And so it's f- very small production because having a large operation for coffee is just really hard. I mean, it's super taxing on the soil. So Mm. you're constantly rotating your trees and your plants. Like any agriculture, I mean, pests, viruses, plagues, those types of things that constantly come up. Um, But so all of these fincas, the farms, they operate themselves, but most of them normally sell to a cooperative. Mm. That's the system in in Manizales. It's the system in most of Colombia. It's that you're selling to a cooperative. And through this middleman, this cooperative, they sell Mm -hmm. to larger um, exporters and then to larger coffee companies. And so this process is good because it makes, it gives the small man a voice more, I guess, because they're going as that collective. 
the interesting thing is the Eje Cafetero now, which is so funny, this area is literally called the coffee growing <laughs> axis, only produces 17% of the coffee in Colombia. Oh. Now, mm-hmm. if you go back in history, it's called the coffee growing access for a reason. It used to be the place where coffee was grown, but coffee has expanded. They're doing modifications and things so they can grow coffee at lower altitudes, I think, or in the mm-hmm. sun or things like that. So, and with climate change, things are constantly changing. So, uh, for a lot of people, coffee's less subsistence. A lot of mm-hmm. a, a lot of people still live off of coffee. Do mm-hmm. not get me wrong with that, but especially with the people I talk to, maybe they're not living only off of coffee yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. So that is also a trend that really changed the the impact of industrial change on cultural symbols because I talked to people who cultivated coffee and and basically everyone's tia or tio owns a finca somewhere. <laughs> no, they really do. It's it's kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um but it's not their cash crop per se. Yeah. For everyone. Not anymore. Not anymore. Um they probably make some money off of it, but mm-hmm. especially with the larger businesses that are coming into play now, and it's not as reliable, I would yeah. say, or even which is where the tourism comes in, actually, mm-hmm. because I mean, industry and production's moving out of the Eje Cafetero. What's booming is tourism. Coffee's not going away. It's yeah. it's staying in the way of hey, foreigners, (laughs) come visit our coffee farm. Come have this coffee-growing experience. Uh, Have authentic coffee, roast it, pick it, those types of things. So they're finding new revenue streams to work off of the same product that they've always cultivated, but to make it the most sustainable, the most viable for them. Mm -hmm. That's how my perspective changed, was Mm -hmm. that I now recognize the coexistence of multiple layers of meaning and that they don't have to be contradictory yeah i mean i think humans were very complex people and we understand things so complexly and and differently because we experience them on multiple levels i think one of the best examples is i interviewed people who worked with coffee so yeah people who owned coffee farms a tour guide at one of these coffee farms Mm. a cafe owner someone who worked as a coffee exporter And I would ask them, do you only associate coffee with your job? Like Mm -hmm. what, I I asked everyone actually, this was a question to everyone I talked to, what do you associate with coffee? And the people who worked with coffee didn't say hard work, they didn't say labor. Maybe if I asked them, what do you associate with the coffee industry? Okay, there we go. No, they associate with coffee very poetic things actually, Mm -hmm. like conversations in the hallway or cold mornings, mm-hmm. or their grandparents catching up. Uh, people would describe their cup of coffee as their friend, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I just think that it really made me appreciate the complexity of symbols, and that just because something makes money, and just mm-hmm. because you depend on something for money, doesn't necessarily mean that it has to kind of corrupt this this deeper no. personal connection that you yeah. have with it. It doesn't have to pervert it. 